welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another one of our Tuesday interview episodes. I have a powerhouse of an episode for you today. My guest is Kristen Andrus. I'm a longtime fan and follower of hers. She is Mrs. Traeger. <laughs> Her husband leads Traeger Grills. He's been a successful entrepreneur his, their whole marriage. But she herself is a standalone, just extraordinary human being. Not only does she have six kids, including twin two-year-old boys, hello, she's also passionate about fitness and health and sharing her passions online. She's a great example of carving out time for self-care and the things that matter most to her. So we're going to talk a lot about her motherhood journey, about how she does make that time for the things that are important for her, how she identifies what she wants to make time for. And we're going to talk about her evolution of confidence, what it looked like before kids and what it looks like now. You guys, if you love Kristen online, you're going to love her even more after this episode because we go deep. All right, let's just hop to it with my interview with Kristen Andrus. All right, I'm so thrilled to be chatting with Kristen Andrus today. Hey, Kristen. Hi, how are you? I am so good. I am so good. Okay, so one of my criticisms in high school and college was that people thought I had too much energy and I was too perky. (laughs) I feel like you're my spirit animal, Kristen. I've never heard that ever. No, I have. I definitely have. Oh, Oh my gosh. Kristen, this is going to be such a wonderful conversation. I have been a longtime fan and follower of yours and admired your motherhood, not just from a position of, I feel like you're doing everything just perfectly. I love that you just share it like it is, but I love that you're incorporating the things that you truly love most in your life and you make those priorities. And I think that's what a lot of moms, especially are missing when it comes to their quotient of, of happiness is, is tending to their own needs. So we're going to talk a lot about that today. I'm so excited. Yeah. So for people that may not know you, will you just give a little background on yourself and your family? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my family and I live in Salt Lake City, Utah, and we have six kids. Um, I have four girls that are 10, 8, 6, and 4. And then we kind of felt like we were really supposed to have one more, and we were given identical twin boys. Wow. Or two. And they rock our world, and I think they get harder every day. <laughs> So I'm hoping by five or six, they calmed down a little bit, but they completed our family and we are in over our heads most days where when I go to bed, I just, you know, fall to the bed and like, oh my gosh, I did it. Another day. Uh, accomplishment every day. Wow. So um, my husband runs Traeger Grills and so I'm really involved in that with him. Um, I, I do do kind of an Instagram uh you know, you could call it workout, lifestyle, healthy eating, um, recipes, which is just purely hobby. Um, I don't really want it to be a job because I feel like my my main job is my kids and, and being there. So it's kind of just for fun. And, and I hope to be helpful to women that are like me who are at home or uh, mothers um, who want to be a little bit healthier, you know, move a little bit more with exercise and, um, and then keep it lighthearted, like you said. I am as real as it gets, whether it's online or or as we meet face to face. (laughs) And motherhood is hard, like to me, ninety five percent of the time. And there's amazing moments, and there's um, happy moments, but a lot of it's hard, and a lot of it can feel a little lonely, can feel a little daunting, um, you know, especially with six kids. But I think the more you kind of get to know other moms, and you can talk about it, and you can have fun with it and be silly about it and show, you know, good moments and, uh, and funny and bad moments. It's just relatable. Everyone, everyone's going through the same thing. And so that's been fun to share that for sure. Amazing. So I guess that leads me to the question of what did you think motherhood would be like? And, and let's go way back to the beginning of motherhood for you. 
how did it unfold for you and what were kind of the best and hardest parts that you found as you actually started doing this job? Yeah, that's a great question. So I started, I was in outside sales and I have to say at the time I was making more money than my husband was, which we kind of laugh about. Like I paid for our down payment for our first house. Look at I'm, you. <laughs> no, I, he actually wasn't making any money cause he's an entrepreneur. And so, um, I was like a career woman. I was in sales. I had a lot of flexibility. I loved it. And and was ready to be a mom. A year after we got married, we got pregnant, and I was super excited. I actually owned a gym at the time, like a women's um, gym. And so I kept doing that through two kids, but I always could bring them. They were always around. And then I just felt that my my interest in outside things like the gym and other things I did just wasn't as strong as, as being a mom. And so um, that was definitely my first priority. I chose that I did, and I didn't have to at that time work outside of the home, and so I decided to to stay at home and, and be with my kids. Um, but I, I laugh because, you know, often people say, Oh my gosh, how do you do it with six kids? And I remember one, my Audrey having one kid, she was three months old and just having like probably the biggest meltdown I've ever had as a mother calling my husband who was constantly traveling on business and just saying he was literally, he was on a layover in Salt Lake city. And I called him and I said, you can't go to New York. Like you have to come home. I cannot handle this for one more minute and mm-hmm. I had one little three month old mm-hmm. and so I just laugh at that because now I'm like oh six kids is like yeah it's tiring it's exhausting all that but never was I so defeated as when I had one child yes and I so, think that is so important you know, to remind mothers who do feel overwhelmed with one two three and then oh. they compare themselves to you like well she is doing all this and I shouldn't ah. complain but no. no, I mean, anytime anyone's dependent upon you, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. And it's, and it's a mental shift, right? Sure. It's all of a sudden you're the mom and you're in charge. And, and I, and I was probably lonely. We had moved to Salt Lake. I didn't know a lot of people. Um, I wasn't used to someone depending on me. I wasn't used to having my husband gone all the time. And so it definitely was a lot of emotional, you know, and physical, but the best thing I did, and it's still one of our, our best friends to the day is I found a, a lady, a grandma in our local neighborhood. She went to my church and she loved babies. And so twice a week for a couple of hours, I would drop Audrey off to her. It was the biggest gift to her. They are still, she's our adopted grandma. Aww. She's our German grandmother. And Audrey and her and my subsequent kids are best of friends. We still see her at least, you know, once a week, once every other week. Um, she is absolutely a part of our family and it benefited her so much I paid her a little bit, I, not much at all, but it was such a gift to bring my little baby to her because she didn't, you know, have a lot of family around. And then I got a couple of, of breaks, which I desperately needed. Mm. Um, not everyone needs breaks, but I think you have to get to know who you are. I know that in my life, I absolutely cannot do 24 seven week after week after week. Like I have to be able to get away for a minute. And I, I realized that within two months of having a child, that that's just how I was built. Sure. Uh, and, and, and not feeling guilty about it. Like I said, it was a win-win. Um, you know, there's neighbors that may do it. You may trade off with friends. Like, there's so many ways you can do that to get little breaks. And that proved to be one of our greatest friendships we've made here in Salt Lake. That is so beautiful. And I love that you got creative. It wasn't just, oh, go hire a babysitter. Exactly. Because that not may not all. be yeah. in the budget. And you may need to pay the teenager more than you need to pay the grandmother. So. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> she, she would never take the money, you know. But right. you, you start building relationships around you and, you and your village. And you start, and if you're noticing things, um, you know, you're, you could definitely be open to more than if you're thinking, like you said, very cut and dry. I hire a babysitter. She leaves. Um, there's definitely different different options out there. So that, that proved to to me that I need a little bit of alone time just to kind of remember who I am and and, and prioritize, you know, whatever, whatever that may be at that time. So Right. And I love just during that season that works so well. And when you really start looking outside yourself, like you said, it was a win-win because you got your break. That was your priority. Yeah. But this woman felt seen if she didn't have a lot of family and she got to cuddle a baby. Oh, yeah. And then she, you know, felt a part of your family and, you know, even simply having somebody over for dinner, you know, even with meager means in those beginning years and everything, you know, it's just yeah. extending your heart and your home and your family to other people. It right. is just powerful beyond measure. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will say we moved, um, we moved to Salt Lake. We were new or he was kind of already here for a little bit, but moved into a neighborhood. We were newlyweds. I was, you know, pregnant with my first and I just started. And this is, I have to say, I think I was born this way. It's very easy for me to do this. So I understand for some it's harder, but I just started inviting people over, come over for a play date, come over for a play date. And I just invited girl after girl who had kids or babies to start hanging out with me. I would have couples over for dinner and I really felt like I built this community around me and I, I built it. Yeah. It didn't happen as I passively kind of, you know, sat around and hoped to make friends. I didn't, I really had no friends here at all. Um, and so I was very actively engaged in making friends, creating a community, um, being involved, you know, and if I was ever invited to anything and actually I still do this too today. If I am invited to something, I move heaven and earth to go mm. because if someone's choosing to entertain or choosing to invite, like I want to support that. I want to, you know, be there. I want to make friendships. And so early on, once again, in motherhood, I thought, okay, my husband's gone and working a lot. I need, and I don't have family around me. I had not one soul in the, in the state, um, or I had my in-laws, I guess, but I thought I need a community. I need friends. I need support. And so I made that happen. Like it wasn't anyone else. I think you're the only one that can really start building that. And it does take a little bit of work and effort but it absolutely is worth all that time and effort. It is. I always say create the invitation that you would want to receive, right? Yes. Don't wait for somebody to knock on your door or send you that evite or whatever. Create it. And for people that maybe don't feel comfortable hosting the elaborate dinner parties that you seem just to love, genuinely love <laughs> hosting, love. it doesn't have to be that. It can be that if that really lights right. you up. But a one-on-one -on -one play date at your home where you put out goldfish crackers and offer a LaCroix to the mom across the couch, yes. like, yes. that's it's as simple as that. Um, or yeah. meeting at the park, just, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, but creating that yeah. invitation that you would yeah. want to receive for some, yeah, I cannot agree more. And so I, I wonder, as you were, you know, stressed and overwhelmed with just a three-month-old at home and your husband gone a lot, how did it unfold that you decided, well, I want to add more to my plate, more kids it is, you know? How did all that happen and how do your expectations change as you added more kids to your family? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I would say I definitely knew that I wanted a number of kids. I think I, in my head, I always thought I wanted four. I came from four and so that seemed like a really good number to me. And my husband's older than I am and so we knew that once we got started, we kind of had to go fairly quickly. And, uh, six kids in eight years was not exactly how we, <laughs> how we originally planned it, but we did have, we did have, you know, four girls, two years apart and then the boys. Um, and it just, I, I definitely wanted more kids, you know, pregnancy was harder every time more kids was harder, but I knew that we wanted, um, a fairly large family. I think this, I got more than I bargained for, for sure. Um, <laughs> But it felt natural. It felt good. And it did because I, and I think my mom was a really good example of this. Growing up, she was in the junior league. She volunteered. She went on runs every morning. I knew that she prioritized herself, her health. Um, her and my dad went on date nights. And I watched that. And she never, I don't think she ever even said anything about why she did what she did or anything like that. But I watched her and I saw my mom is absolutely taking care of herself. And in turn, we're all very happy, healthy, thriving kids. Um, and she was very happy. And so I think I watched her do the things that she loved, but also be around for us. And I think just subconsciously, I started doing that as well, where I would make sure that I had time to go out to dinner with girlfriends, or I would, um, you know, like you said, be able just to get out and go to a movie or, or definitely see my husband when he was home. And it was hard sometimes taking him away from the kids when he'd been gone a lot and having him just to myself. And I thought, Oh, he needs to be with the kids, not me. But it's so important to keep that marriage, you know, alive and, and exciting and happy. And, um, so I think spending time with Jeremy, um, I think kids are actually harder on a marriage than it's not like they bring you together. Mm -hmm. The more kids you have, it actually makes marriage harder. Mm -hmm. um, so I think keeping really tight with him 
um, having him know my needs, like he's never guessing what I need or what I want. I'm, I'm very open with, this is how I'm feeling. This is how it's going. Um, this is what I need right now. And, and so we were very in tune throughout those years, I think, even though he was gone a lot. And then, um, and then also just kind of doing, you know, what I, what I needed for myself to make sure that I am whole, I am happy. I am who I want to be. So then that way I can also be that for my kids. I think that is so great and way more than anything you'll ever explicitly teach your children. The modeling you're providing day in and day out in your home of how to care for yourself, how to care for others while incorporating caring for yourself. That is the gift that keeps on giving. Right. Yeah. And and I will say, as I said that, you know, Jeremy and I were really on the same page. There were, like I said, he was an entrepreneur. Um, he started, or he came in on really early on a company called Skull Candy, and so it was nonstop for eight years. Mm-hmm. And about a year in, he sat me down. I remember the Italian restaurant we were sitting at, and he said, "I cannot do this without you." And because like, it was every time he traveled, I would take it personally. Every time he was late for dinner, I would take it personally, and we were not on the same team for mm-hmm. I'd say that first year or two. And he sat me down and he said, if you want me to have an eight to five job, I can do that. I will quit this and we'll do something different, but I can't do it alone and without your support. And it just, and it was very kind, but it definitely put me in my place. And I thought, I want this for our family. Like this is creating amazing opportunities for our family. This is an amazing thing that we're a part of. Like he is absolutely right. I am not being a team player. Um, and so I, I'd like to think that from that moment on, it got better and better that I just thought we are a team, like he, we are in this together and he can either do this, you know, with me or, or he's done. And I think he was right. I think it's really hard if you're not your husband's greatest cheerleader, you know, really supportive and and meaning it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that really kind of put me in my place. It, like I said, in a very kind, nice way to say, we're a team. And and so we've always looked at it like that from that moment on that we are absolutely a team and anything he does, you know, we're a part of any, anything in the home, obviously he's a part of, but having that is just, has really made all the difference. That's really powerful. And I want to compliment you on one of the things that I really do see from you is you're one of the best cheerleaders of your husband I have ever, ever seen. And I think oh. though, you, I'm sure you worked on that to get to that place out of yes. feeling like he's the one achieving, he's the one being recognized, yes. he's the one receiving positive feedback, and your kids just simply do not offer the same level of <laughs> of positive feedback on a day-to-day basis that somebody achieving in a corporate job ever would. And, and we all experience that. And so what yes. did you do proactively then when the switch was flipped what did you do to shift? I'm not going to resent him getting to do these things because right. I am part of what he's able to achieve. That's a really good question. And I think about it all the time, actually, because mm-hmm. his, now he's a trainer. The accolades continue. The awards continue. And it's more and more and more. The paycheck continues. Like, it's just, right. you know, it's constant, and which is, which is so great for him. And what I tell people, because I get this question a lot, is that I am so happy with myself. I fill my cup every day, whether that's my exercising, that's my recipes, cooking, being with my kids, um, you know, whatever that may be. Maybe it's, it's getting out and going to lunch with girlfriends um, or, you know, volunteering. We try to do a ton of service. And so I am 100% whole with or without him. And I think if I was looking to him to become my full self and him to kind of fulfill who I am, it would be very hard to not be jealous and be, um, you know, not a cheerleader and kind of thinking, oh, here we go again, Mm -hmm. another victory or whatever. Um, And so I think knowing that I am so happy and doing exactly what I want to do because he said in the years that of course this has happened where I'm like, you get this and you do this and you have all these opportunities. And he's like, do you want to work? Do you want to go do what do you want to do? Anything you want, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want to be at home, (laughs) you know, like when it comes down to it, Mm -hmm. I want to be at home. And so I remember that and I remind myself that, and I also see what, what the good things that he does also benefit our family. 
and we're able to have a lot of cool experiences. We're able to serve a lot. We're able to, because of what he does, we're able to be out in the community um, and be hopefully a force for good. Um, and so it's just really good for me to say, you know, hey, if, if it all goes to pot with him and not our relationship, but like in business, right? we're still like just really happy, grounded, faithful people. Um, that that's a great perk in our life, but like who we are as, as husband, wife, mom, and dad, and, and he would agree to this a hundred percent is the base of who we are. Uh, and then there's this great perk of, of a cool job and neat experiences, but I am this, you know, mom and woman and wife and, um, and very happy and, and secure and confident. And maybe the word is confident in who I am and what I do want to do. Hey everyone, I know you are loving, loving, loving my conversation with Kristen, but I wanted to thank one of our show sponsors today, and that is Songfinch. Songfinch is a personalized gifting company that brings stories, feelings, and memories to life through one-of-a-kind songs. I am always racking my brain for good ideas for the people that have everything, whether it's birthdays or anniversaries, Mother's Day, Father's Day. This is truly the gift that keeps on giving. I had a song written for my three boys, and let me tell you how it worked. I filled out a questionnaire with memories and ideas of stuff that I wanted incorporated in the songs. I said the style I wanted it in. I said if I wanted a male or female voice or the type of style I wanted. And then they literally created a song for me in seven days. And now I get to listen to it all the time with my kids and they love the song that has their names in it and their interests and their relationship. It really is a bonding anthem. Personalized songs start at just $99, which is totally amazing, but they want to give our listeners a special deal. So if you go to songfinch.com and use the promo code EXTRAORDINARY, you can get $20 off your personalized song from scratch. So definitely go check out Songfinch if you're looking for the perfect gift idea for somebody that you love. Thanks again, Songfinch, for sponsoring this show. And if it were never not working for you, you're the CEO of your home. Like, he's doing these other things, and maybe there's more plaques on the wall, but in this role and in this job that you have chosen and he has given you the opportunity to, do you want to do something else? No. Okay. So in this, how can I make the most of this? How can I get more enjoyment out of it? How can I structure it better so that it yields better fruit or, or more peace or, you know, whatever it is. So I thank you for that vulnerability and sharing that it wasn't just, an easy switch over, but that it is, oh, yeah. it is it, hard fought. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was something the other day that I thought, oh man, like, oh, he gets, he gets to go. I mean, it's cool. Right. I don't know what he gets to go to Iraq in November Wow. And, and go with the troops. And I just thought, one, I'm a little worried about him going. And two, and so there's, there's, there's things like that a lot that I could think I want to go. I would have why are you going to do, you know, yeah. but I thought, no, that's, that's cool for him. That'll be anyways. And so I, I do, I, it, I'm talking to myself constantly through this hmm. for sure. And, and I think smart. vice versa, let's say, and I, and I respect him. That's the other thing I do have to say. I respect and trust him more than anyone in the world. And so I think if that were not the case, this would be harder, but he is such a good man. And, and everything that I, I praise him about online or whatever that you see it's like a hundred percent fact. People meet him and see him and they're like, is this for real? And I'm like, it is like, you think he's like too good to be true. And he, he's just such a good guy. Um, so if, if let's say your husband, you know, has a nine to five job and he's still being his cheerleader, still, you know, supporting him, loving him through the ups and downs, like whatever the job may be. Um, I think just showing him utmost respect and, and the more that you do that and you hear that, but you will get it back tenfold. Like the kinder I am, the more loving, the more things I do, the things that I know that are important to him, he does back to me the more I do. And so that, that reciprocation is just huge. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of positive parenting, but I've also said to people that it's also like positive marriaging, right? Like the more that we acknowledge Absolutely. the positive in the person versus criticizing you will see more of what you look for and Absolutely. and they will do more of the things they are praised for. It works for yes. every relationship. It works for me if people are praising right. me about something. So, um, right. yeah, that's, that's just a great, great thing to be aware of. So you yeah. just moved into this new beautiful house and something really struck me that you said, and it kind of stems from this idea of creating your own happiness. 
So here you've worked so hard, so many years of your husband being away, you being his cheerleader, you working on your marriage, all these things. And you might think, you know, the grass is greener when we move into the house. And, you know, people might look to that and be like, that's the end all be all. And you commented something to the degree of, and you can speak to this, that it's still just a house and things still are messy and kids are still fighting and the sentiment and the happiness is no different than any four walls that you've ever lived in. What have you found since really progressing along that ladder that by all standards of the world, you're, you're achieving great things as a family and, and, you know, stability wise and things like that. But what it boils down to is the climate of the home. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly right. Um, it does, and it was a two and a half year process of building this home. And so I think I thought, oh my gosh, once we get there, and then you go, wait, we're here. It, it's that adage of wherever you go, and and I would say there we are, because it's mm. not there, there I am, but it's like there we are, the mom, the dad, and the six kids, and and it's still just a, a six ring circus around here. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, kids are still kids. Frustrations are still frustrations. There's ups and downs of life. Um, can there, is there a little bit more room? Yes. Is, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to think that's probably the only thing that's really changed. Like my boys can run around a little bit more, create more havoc. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like, and, and I've mentioned this, that the moms or whoever's a stay at home parent is really the chief cultural culture officer. Mm. And we create the mood. I mean, I notice, and I'm so much more, I'm like listening to a lot of podcasts like yours, a lot of, uh, I'm doing a little bit more introspective work right now. And I notice that anytime that I'm getting upset with my kids, I'm thinking to myself, you guys, I don't say this to them. I probably should. This is actually not about you. This is about me. Mm. You know, when I, when I'm so upset with you or I'm kind of off, it's not really you. It's, it's inside of me what's going on. If, if I'm more frustrated than usual or I'm not feeling good or, or whatever that may be. And so I have found that when you think of yourself as, I look at Jeremy, he's the CEO. He had definitely set, you know, sets a culture in his office. And I am the CEO here and I absolutely set the culture in our home, mm. which is 10 times more important than what he does at the office. And I think I think truly believing that, I think you can say that, but you have to truly believe that is so much more important than what he does. That helps me understand how important, how, how I react to things, uh, what we do, how we spend our time, um, you know, trying to set up systems, which I'm terrible at, <laughs> um, you know, today I'm like, read, read for 20 minutes, like go to violin. Like, I'm just like yelling, like, you know, so there's, there's no real, and, and I like structure. The only thing I have structure around is sleeping. I am like a very, very adamant about sleeping. But okay. um, I really try to, and it's not just about having fun, right? It's not just about having them be happy as children. Mm-hmm. It's about setting what's important to our family. What do we spend our time doing together as a family? Do we try to get everyone, you know, together uh, to spend time, quality time together? What do our Sundays look like? What do our meal times look like and and to be honest most of it's not very pretty like mm. it's it's pretty crazy and it's it's not the perfect um anything it's never the perfect meal it's never the perfect Sunday it's, it, it, it never is but I think if you're trying and then you realize that it's good enough then that's really all you can do but but I think about that a lot that my mood sets the tone yeah yeah and the intention is always there like I always yeah. say, when my kids inevitably are going to struggle and have struggled and will struggle in their lives, I want them to know how to work through those struggles instead of feeling like a failure because they're struggling because they never saw mom struggle or they never saw mom apologize when she made a mistake and she just kept doing the same thing because she didn't know any different, you know, things like that. And so can you Absolutely. tell me what is something that you value that you prioritize in your family that means something to you, but then how also do you put that into practice? Because it's not just thinking, well, I value, you know, spirituality. I value service. It's one thing to do lip service to it and think about it, and those are all nice things in theory. But what does it look like in your home? Can you just tell me like one 
snapshot of a thing, even in its messiness, what your intention is and, and how you are striving to implement yeah. that? Yeah. So that's a great question. Just today, my husband and I have been talking a lot about this, that my oldest is 10. And so she's not old, but she's, she's feeling older. She's getting older. She's gone more. And so um, we do have a lot of intentions that we have. But one thing that I'm super focused on lately, because I have six kids, is one-on-one time. And so it's, like you said, it's easy to pay lip service. Hey, we're going to have dates with mom and dad or, you know, but we, we do that where I will, you know, leave the kids at home and go yesterday. And I had to take my daughter to the doctor. And so we made a little afternoon of it and we went to the doctor and we went and got a shake and we, and we just spent time together. It was probably only two hours total, but it was one of my middle girls. And it's so important that I see her and I look at her and I spend time with her. Um, that I'm, you know, I'm not on my phone during that time that she knows, even if we're just sitting in the car and we're not talking a lot, but it's just her and I, and she has me to herself for a little bit. Um, that's super important. As my kids get older, my oldest Audrey, you know, went went to Nordstrom with my husband last night and they just kind of walked around and they went and got dessert and they spent, you know, it's only two hours or so, but I think that one-on-one time with each individual child, just knowing we know you, we love you. We want to talk to you, even if they're not in the mood and you're just being silly and having fun. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, that is so important. And and we definitely follow through with it. I really try to make sure that at least a couple of times a week, I am one-on-one with my child doing something that they enjoy that they would want. Not necessarily, not fun, but you know, whether we're reading and then we go on a walk or just something like that where there's actual like bonding time together. Yeah, and I like how you said doing something they enjoy. Because sometimes we're just yes. like, okay, we're running the grocery store, just come with me. And sometimes that's great right. and that works. Right. But if you were to actually sit down and paint a picture with the child that's very artistic and ask them questions and have them teach you something and talk to them about what you're creating and do it together, it just runs so deep. And I've seen research that says even 10 minutes of one-on-one time a day is in, oh, invaluable. 10 minutes. That's good. To, that's really good. To know. Right? Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Amy, I didn't know that. Amy, Amy McCready, she's a parenting expert. She's the one um, that, that talks about that. If you want to look it up, I can link to it in the show okay. notes as well. Um, but just 10 minutes a day, even where it is, you're filling up the power and attention bucket. And you're asking, what do you want to do? And then you're responding. You know, I've been okay. noticing a lot, especially this summer. You know, they'll, they'll ask me to do something and I'll say, okay, in, in two minutes, two minutes is always my answer. Can you really like get anything, finish up anything in two minutes? No. So I'm lying all the time to my kids and then it's 10 minutes and 15 and sometimes I never even get around to what they ask me to do. And then I've been realizing I've been getting mad at them for not doing what I want them to do when I want them to do it. Um, hello, like where did they learn that? So being really self-reflective of what we're showing them that we value. If we are saying we value our kids and valuing, you know, attending to their needs and I want them to do what I want them to do, you know, most of the time, I need to uphold my end of the bargain as well. Absolutely. That's so, yes. And I'm in your same boat where it's just a minute, just a minute, just a minute. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I hear from women all the time, and I'm in the same camp, that sometimes I feel like my hours are just taken up. And when we say, as mothers, I don't have time for blank. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to cook a meal for my family. drive through is the only way. What we're really saying is what we value and what we're making time for. So yes. you are so good about prioritizing this in your life. You've identified this as a value for yourself, fitness and health and wellness. And you're so generous to share it with all of us as well who are, you know, just working along that same journey. Tell me what you would tell the mom that is complaining to you that she doesn't have the time. Because Kristen, if you can do it, I think <laughs> just about anybody can. <laughs> yes, I think you're absolutely right that if it's important to you, Um, you absolutely have the time and it's about sacrificing. And so most of the time I'm getting up before the rest of my family I'm getting my workout in. And actually today I did a, I did a little video and I had my three young kids around and because, because I didn't do it before they got up Mm -hmm. and I just thought, Oh my gosh, like if, 
And I thought to myself, this is what most people are going through. If they're trying to work out at 830 or 9 o'clock at home, they have these, you know, little kids running around or people needing them. It just, it's so much harder. So to me, like you said, exercise and fitness is super important to me. And, and not because of the way I look, but because it makes me happy. It provides endorphins. It makes me stronger. It makes me more confident. Um, I just love it. And, and I, I think that it's a process. You don't love it the first time you do it. And you don't love it the first 25 times you do it. Mm. But there's something about, I put on my workout shoes, I put on my shorts and my tank top, and I'm going to go move. I'm going to go. And then once you get started, you just keep going. So number one, first thing in my day is I absolutely get up and I'm going to exercise. If I can do it before my kids are up, I'm so much better off and I'm so much happier because then I'm not adding frustration in trying to get my kids to listen to me or to back off or to move out so I can finish my workout because then that to me takes away half of what the reason I'm even doing it. Right. So sleep is so, this is like, so I think this is so undervalued. I go to bed by like 10 o'clock every night. I do that because I have to get up early because I value exercising. And so if I don't value exercising, I'm up till midnight, I sleep in, my kids are up running around and all of a sudden I don't have time to exercise. Hmm. But I actually do. I'm just kind of reorganizing my day because that's super important to me. Um, so like, like I said, spending time with my husband is really important to me. So we'll get, you know, babysitters, we'll do little, like he has to go to Chicago this week. So I'm going to go with him for a couple of days because it's super important for me to connect with him. Um, and whether you can have family come and help watch kids or whatever, um, trade with people, but that's like a huge priority in our marriage is we make sure that we get either it's date night or time together, or I go to the office to have lunch with him. Like that is really, and you could say I don't have time for it because right. both of us absolutely do not have time for that. But we know how important it is to our marriage and, and actually to our family that we do it, you know, no matter what. Right. And it might look different in different seasons, whether it's 10 minutes of one-on-one -on -one time with your child or two hours or a trip away with your husband or a date night with your husband. It can look very, very yeah. different, but still making sure if I value it, it has to be there. And I have to yeah. choose. I have to choose ahead of time too. Not just choosing in the moment. Like you, like you always talk about, I make the choice ahead of time whether something's going to be worth it to me or not. You know, whether I'm going to eat this or eat that or not eat this or not eat that. And when you choose ahead of time, the energy is not spent on, on the wavering. You just commit. Yes. Yeah. And I think telling yourself, I think people have a hard time with this. They're like, I, I'm not really a, an exerciser. I'm not, oh, I'm, I'm such a bad eater. And I tell myself, like, I am a healthy eater. I do not eat, you know, whatever, maybe. I do not eat donuts. Like, maybe once in a while, like an exception. But I do not do this, or I do do this. I mm. am a healthy eater. I eat healthy. Like, if you are telling yourself that, you're telling your kids that, you're telling, you know, in your head, mm -hmm. you're like, I, this is who I am. This is, like, I just, there's certain things I just would never do. Like, I would never get up and just hang out around the house like I get up and exercise because that's yeah. who I am and that's what I do. And it's important to me. Um, and, and so there's so many it, it, exercises, just one example. Uh, but I think there's so many things where you can say like, I am a loving wife. Mm. I do kind things for my husband. I like, that's who I am. Even if you're not, <laughs> Yes. you know, yes. Um, believing that like, into oh, existence. I'm always tired. I have no mm -hmm. energy. Mm -hmm. I am up to my, you know, you, you can, I think us moms tend to do that a lot. Jeremy comes home and I'm like, okay, this is, this is why I find it so funny. So I walk into my home, my kids are playing and within four minutes of me being home, everyone is a puddle on the floor <laughs> crying hysterically. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? And then my husband comes home from work and I'm like, Oh, you wouldn't believe my day. And then this, and then I'm driving in and I'm doing this and this and I'm going, wait, I'm doing the same exact thing that my kids are doing to me, to him. Cause yes. they're, you know, we're like the comfort we're that. And so I laugh and when he gets home, how's your day? I'm like, it was awesome. It was great. These are all the great things we did. Yeah. And you know, yeah. and then there was a lot that, that didn't go right, but it's all in how you view yourself. You view your circumstances. It's definitely all in your head. It so. is. It is. And, and going back to that label of I'm a healthy eater, 
there's a much different perception in your mind mentally and in your behavior after that when you say I'm a healthy eater versus I am a dieter, right? Oh, and I do not diet. Right. Ever. And so yeah. people need to be really aware of the way they're framing it. It's not just what they're doing with that knowledge. It is how they're framing it in their mind. Because I'm a healthy eater is empowering and healthy and motivating and it seems like there's just a world of options for you and I'm a dieter is very much the opposite and you're never going to be good enough with that label on you so yeah and temporary mm-hmm. anything that you could say for your whole life right like yeah. this is who I am like this isn't going to change like I am I am a patient loving mom am I loving yes my patient not so much but if I'm telling myself like I am a loving patient mom yeah you just say that like for the rest of my life, I can say I am a loving, patient mom. Cause I'm sure I haven't even crossed a real, you know, motherhood yeah. <laughs> barriers of teenagers and all of that. But there are things like you said, for a lifetime, I'm a loving wife. I'm, I'm a, you know, anyways, yeah. We, yeah. we are a giving family or things like that. But um, even if you're not, I think telling yourself that is half the battle. Yeah. And you will get there. You will get there Absolutely. because you became the opposite when you thought the opposite. And so why can't you become the positive spin on it? Yeah. So good. Well, this is our first conversation ever, and now I feel like we're best friends, which is great. Um, (laughs) But I'm in California. But if you come visit, I'm around. So Yes, I go to California a lot. Oh, good. Oh, good. But I can only imagine that you've always been a very positive, confident, energetic type of person. How has motherhood changed you how are you different than when you started this journey 10 years ago what have you learned the most and how has it impacted you just as a woman yeah that's oh my gosh motherhood just changes you so much um I think in a way it's made me more confident and in a way it's made me less confident Hmm. right on a daily hourly minute by minute basis I'm just thinking oh my gosh am I screwing all these kids up but I don't, I don't, you know, really believe that. I, I say that kind of tongue in cheek. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned as I, as I watch people, as I watch, you know, how people view mothers, as I, as I view motherhood, as, as my mother did, is that that you're confident in your own way, right? We always hear that mm. you can be a mother in a, in a ton of different ways, and no way is a right way. And so I think whether it's as a woman, as a mother, as a wife as a friend I am really confident and very decisive in who I am what that means what that stands for even if I don't have reason to be and I think some people see me like wow have you always been so confident and I'm like you know I I just I go with who I am I I tell you like it is I the good the bad and the ugly um and I'm the best mom that I can be. Every day I try harder and harder and I, I mess up a ton, but I'm trying my best. And to me, that can give me the utmost confidence. Mm. Um, and so I think being confident in I'm the type of mother that needs some help. I'm the type of mother that can't do it on my own. I'm the type of mother that needs a village around me and support and friends to really feel my best. And so getting to know who am I, not what my best friend, how she does it or how my cousin does it or how the girl next door that I want to be like does it but like what works for me I see these I call them these just like these mothers who are just earth mothers who who are just like born to just sit at home all day with their babies crawling around them and never leave the home and they're like I don't ever want to leave and I just think oh my gosh get me out of here yeah (laughs) I would have a nervous truly I truly would have a nervous breakdown like I have to get out of the house I have to be on the go a little bit I have to like for me to be the best mom I can, I can't do that. And so the more confident I am is it's okay that I'm not this mother who can sit home and just play on the floor puzzles all day. Like I can't do that. That's not who I am, but I'm confident in the mother that I am because I'm the best mom for my kids. I'm exactly who they need. I'm a good example to them. So does that, I don't know if yeah. that answers your question, but in, in as a wife and a mom and a, a woman, I think my confidence has grown because I choose to be confident in who I am and what I do and where I spend my time. Oh, I think that is so powerful. Realizing that even though confidence has been 
an attribute that you've possessed your whole life, realizing that motherhood has really shifted your view of where that confidence can come from when things don't necessarily go your way or, you know, it's not just being the best, it's doing your best. And And let's be honest, as a mother, nothing is ever going your way. No, never. You're you're (laughs) trying, but it's a, it's a total work in progress. And so I, you know, I, I note that sometimes my husband will come home from work and it was like a great day or whatever. And I think if it's a great day around here, it's like someone didn't get really badly injured and no one <laughs> yelled and screamed for more than 20 minutes. Like, like you never have super, super successful days as a mom. Cause it's just, it's putting out fires and I have little toddlers and kids that are. And so, um, I think just knowing that, you know, to me, it's like, there's a divine reason that I'm, I'm a mother and it's, it's bigger than just the day to day, um, it's hard, right? Yeah. It's really hard and it's exhausting. And if I can just keep my patience up all day, like that's a huge victory. Oh, I hear um, you. <laughs> and so I think like basing success and confidence off how your kids behave would be really hard to, to feel confident. Um, but I think the choosing, yeah. choosing that this is how I'm going to feel is it definitely helps. Right. If you are doing your best as a mom and you feel defeated at the end of every day, examine your metric. You may need to reevaluate your metric. It's not a matter of what you are doing or not doing. It's just your level of expectation and metric for yourself. Because I bet you're doing a way better job than you think you are, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you are just one of my favorite follows online and just such a light online. Um, thank you for putting yourself out there, your family, sharing so much about the things you're passionate about, motherhood included. Where can people find you online? And is there anything coming up that you're really excited about in the near future? You know, that, um, I just, uh, okay, so it's Kristen Andrus on Instagram. It's K-R-I-S-T-I-N, Andrus, A-N-D-R-U-S. Um, and then I did just start a new YouTube channel only because Vimeo <laughs> took all of my 78 workout videos off. I'm which was so quite defeating. Sorry. I Ugh. know. I the copyright. I knew YouTube, you couldn't have copyrighted music, but Vimeo for two years had never said anything. And I just played Pandora in the background and talked people through the workouts. They're really intense, really good, hard workouts yeah. for, for at home, you know, people who aren't don't have access to a gym so it's super easy to do but I'm uh, I'm gonna start a new uh YouTube I started a new YouTube channel and so slowly but surely I'll be getting more videos up there for people but it has been really cool to hear people's these videos have changed my life I didn't like exercising I now find it fun I can do it at home so it's been really fun to share that um you know online amazing and so people I'll link to everything in the show notes of of how they can hook up with your YouTube channel and definitely follow you on Instagram because you even walk yeah. us through the, the workouts um, on Instagram and Insta stories and everything. You're so good about that. Well, Kristen, this has been such a wonderful, inspiring conversation. We're doing this first thing in the morning and I am ready for my day. I feel pumped up and I I'm know everyone good. listening will love it too. I always ask my guests just one final question and it's this, what would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think I would say that just love them. Hmm. I think the answer, the you know, just love your children. Um, anytime I'm frustrated or things aren't going like, you know, how I feel things should be going, I just need to love them. I need to, you know, stop whatever I'm doing. Like you said, stop with the two minutes and just love them. Hmm. Just sit with them. And I'm sure from five years from now and 15 years from now, I would be telling myself the same thing. Just love them. Um, maybe stop what you're doing and just love them. And and throughout, um, enjoy the moment, um, even though it can be hard, but just stop and love them. Probably that would be what I would say. I could not agree more. Kristen, I think you're extraordinary in every aspect of your life. And I just really want to acknowledge you and appreciate you for sharing so openly about the journey to get where you are today, which is just in such an incredible place. And I just want to thank you for sharing your motherhood journey today. Thank you so much for having me. This was a ton of fun and you always learn new things about yourself too. 
Wasn't that such a fun conversation? I love Kristen even more now after hearing more in depth about her journey and And I really love what she shared about the seasons where it was hard for her, seeing her husband achieving so much and doing really awesome, fun things and her feeling some potential resentment there and how they worked through that and how they became more of a team and became stronger together. I love that so much. Also, just a funny side note, sometimes it's hard when I'm reaching out to guests to book people, everyone has conflicting schedules and time difference and you know, it's just, that's that's normal. That's what I expect. So I reached out to Kristen and she responded really promptly that she'd love to be on the show, which I thought was so awesome. And then I said, okay, what's your schedule look like? And I wanted to keep it pretty open because if you follow her, you know how much she has going on at all times. And literally the five word email I got back from her was, I'm pretty open. Let me know what works for you. Are you even joking me? (laughs) She was so easy to schedule, easy to work with, made time for me and the show. And I just can't even thank her enough. So thank you so much, Kristen. If you want to see beautiful pictures of her family, you can go to extraordinarymomspodcast.com. Links of where to find her YouTube channel with all of her workouts that are so, so, so hard, but perfect for a mom that wants to work out from home. She is your go-to. And then also, if you want to follow her online um, on Instagram, that's all linked at extraordinarymomspodcast.com. Like I said, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can do that at Jessica Dahlquist 3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Next week, we have another incredible episode for you. I was really trying to think of how I wanted to summarize my conversation with Janet Long, but I can't adequately do it in a 15-second pitch. But let's say we cover everything from loss to discovering her husband was living a separate life she did not know about, to divorce, to foster care, to adoption, to taking guardianship of a family member, and now remarrying and blending families. I mean, there's a lot to this conversation and you are not going to want to miss my conversation with Janet. So thanks so much for tuning into the show. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the Extraordinary Moms podcast. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing. It means so, so much. And it is the absolute best way to give back to the show that you are loving. I hear from you every day that you're so glad you found the show and I'm so glad that I can provide it for you. So thanks for tuning into the podcast today and we'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.